Welcome back to another week of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. And over there we got another guy. Oh, I'm Tim. Not TJ! <laughs> Not TJ, though. This is um, famed indie game developer Tim Winsky. Yeah, famed in, uh, I don't know, probably reviled obscure circles out there. <laughs> I just wanted to use that word. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. So um, you uh, may or may not be known for a few uh, titles that you've been responsible for. Why don't you uh, tell us what they are? Well, sure. Uh, I guess I'm mostly known for some freeware parody PC games that I made in the 90s. Uh, games like Goats and Goblins and uh, Wizards and Goats minus Wizards. And uh, The Legend of Smelda, Macarena of Time, uh, and about 20 others. Are you taking after that, that guy who did Winamp who just loves llamas oh. and your, your thing is goats? Oh, no. People usually compare me more to Jeff Minter, that llama soft guy. But no, that's what no, I'm no. talking about. No, that that's, no, he's totally different didn't, than the Winamp guy. Yeah, Who's he the didn't Winamp do guy? Winamp. No, so that's, that's somebody who's less... Totally different guy? No, llamas are kind of my nemesis. I always thought it was weird, by the way, that the guy who makes video games would be the guy who makes Winamp. So that's my bad. Yeah, yeah, different guy. Right, wouldn't make sense. Yeah, no. Oops. It's cool. Well, because they had that Winamp, like, whips the llama's ass or something. Yeah, Do we well, not remember this? No, I didn't see that one. I'm not yeah, the only no, one. No, I remember it. And also Jeff Minter did the visualizer for the Xbox, so he is connected with music. I don't think it's actually related, though. It's like six degrees of Jeff Minter. Okay, <laughs> good. So people compare you to him, but is that valid? Uh, Well, I've gotten that comparison, like, twice. Uh, make it three. Yeah, okay, three times. And now also you're, um, in fact, literally an indie developer, right? Oh, that's true, because I'm uh, I'm working on a uh, parody of Indiana Jones, so I'm technically making my first indie game. Well, unless the parody involves altering the name Indiana. Uh, I think I'm going to go with an unnamed treasure hunter, but uh, okay. people might be able to read between the lines. I don't know. I haven't quite figured out the iPhone market yet. Okay, so Ara... We're going we're gonna to move forward. We're going to talk about a few things this episode. You wanted to start with email. Is that still the plan? Yeah, because we love reading emails from our listeners. Oh. And, and we, have to, I mean, we have to tell people what, uh, what our show is doing going forward, don't we? Yeah, so here's what, what happened. We just recorded uh, a few minutes of the first segment of today's show, and now we're doing it again, which is something we have never done before. It's like the lost archives, which will be forever lost because they're not recorded. Given this new podcast format that we have, uh, we are afforded a certain level of freedom that we did not have in the past, and I will not abuse that, I promise. However, there are some instances when, when it's useful. For instance, <laughs> when we read this email, which is subjected, TJ is getting slightly annoying. Uh, by the way, thank you, Julian from New Zealand, for your, your email. Long-time listener, first-time writer, yada, yada. I like TJ fine, but he's starting to get annoying on the show. Blah, 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 blah. He then talks about more about how TJ was annoying and how we should tell him. So we did, and... Let, let me say also once again, because um, nobody heard it the first time, that uh, I, I very much um, salute those uh, residents of New Zealand for, for being uh, very straightforward and forthright and yet uh, pleasant at the same time with their uh, email inquiries. It's the truth. It's the truth. And I would compare them to Australians if they wouldn't get so upset about it, because they're similar over there. Okay, now you're going to get the hate mail. <laughs> yeah, there, here it comes. So anyway, um, he he then, in a fit of rage, stormed out. He's gone. So, Julian, that's your fault. Um, <laughs> I blame it on you, but you told me specifically to tell him. So anyway, uh, we've so, got Tim. Uh, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, I also got to say that I was... 
I was really, really excited about announcing that we were going to do some sort of reality show thing where you, the listeners, would decide TJ's fate. But in in a storm of testosterone, TJ decided that no, it would be only he who decides his fate, and so he has decided well, to leave the show. Let's be honest to our listeners. There was not that much testosterone involved. Well, I mean, you know, and as much as that can be mustered by such a man. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, so that's the end of that era. Um, you know, maybe he'll come on as a guest sometime in the future. I don't know. I doubt it. But but okay. We have other email, slightly more important than uh, than dealing with TJ. So yes, you're right. I actually, um, I got a letter. And um, it's one of those that he actually addressed it to all of us, including TJ. Fantastic. So, sorry, TJ. Well, it, it is too bad he's gone then. It is too bad. Um, and... Yeah, so this is a really interesting one, right? So he says, hey, guys, listening to you for more than a little bit, more than a year. I have this question about flow. You know, we've talked about this topic, flow, a couple times before. Yes. Right? He says, admittedly, I haven't done my research on it. Well, who has? Nobody. Um, all my information coming from Aura, has, from what Aura has provided, like that's a huge mistake. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on how flow states are related to rhythm. I've heard Aura say that flow is most easily achieved or achieved mostly through rhythm games. I noticed something when playing a small but very entertaining flash game called Diamond Hollow 3. And I think basically, it was two. You Diamond Hollow 2. Yeah, 2. That's no, I haven't one. played it, but I read the email as well. No, number 2. Yeah, number uh, probably number 3 doesn't exist. Um, anyway, he goes on to say that there's like basically two types of like music tracks, and one of them, which is like a faster one, like seems to sync up with the action of the game like really, really nicely. And he he says that he's found that when he's playing with the faster music tracks, it's like he can actually do better at the game. And so he's wondering, you know, hey, you know, do developers take this into account? Do I take into this into account? Um, and if this sort of thing can be done on you know this low budget Metroid shooter type title as he describes it, uh, can't they do this in AAA games too? So this is this is a bunch of interesting things I think he's asking. Um, something to clarify, right? Like I, I like to use the rhythm game examples for flow, um, not because there's not because of rhythm at all actually, but because they're they're just a very pure experience. But I I think he's right. Um, there's something about rhythm. That when you're in a rhythm and you do things according to rhythm, that you can get really, I mean, you know, they call it getting into the groove, right? Like literally. Oh, I mean, I guess not literally, right? There's no pit that you're falling into. But, um, you know, there, there's a reason why, you know, in World War II and even before then, that military had people, you know, march to a drumbeat, right? I mean, there's a reason that they had all those things. Yes. I mean, I guess it also made them continue to walk forward and maybe they didn't want to but right but the, the <laughs> whole guess. i mean there's there's just there's you know there's a lot of um i'm i'm just guessing actually i'm making this up but there must be a lot of research that's been done on you know there you being you know listening to something that has a rhythm and then you know doing a task at the same time and i think that those things kind of generally go hand in hand you know i mean like when you're doing something physical and you're 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 listening to music. They actually say, actually, you know, I've I've read that, um, you know, you should listen for like there's there's a certain pace when you're doing a marathon, right? That's like an ideal pace, which is not too fast and not too slow. 
and I, and I've read uh, I've read you know these tracts here and there that say like yeah you should listen to you know I don't remember what the BPM is right but you should listen to music that has like exactly you know 128 BPM or something like that because that's the pace that you want to be when you're running the marathon and so when you're doing your marathon practice right when you're training for the marathon listen to this music while you're running and it'll be easier for you to stay at that speed. So I was going to draw the running comparison as well, although I didn't know that there was a prescribed BPM. But uh, I, I figured each person has their own, right? So you find music that works for you depending on what you're going for, right? So like sometimes I run really short distances, like just 5K or something, not a, not a marathon that's going to take all day. And so I might want music that is slightly faster than my natural pace in order to push me to, to go faster than I normally would. But there's, there's definitely, to uh, Ben's point in the email... There, there's a, a human tendency to sync up with a beat that's presented to you if it's somewhere near the yeah, activity yeah. that you're doing anyway, right? If it's not completely off, then you'll sync to it, whether that means going a little bit faster or a little bit slower than you would do naturally, then you're going to do that. And so I think he said, when he said he was doing better with the faster music, um, I, have, I did not play the game, although he suggested I do. I have not played it yet, so I will. But, uh, you know, I doubt the game, just guessing, uh, I doubt the game actually takes into account the rhythm um, of like you firing a a bullet or something, right? Right. Well, he he said himself, right? He didn't think that they were ex- exceptionally deliberate about that music selection. Yeah, but if his brain's thinking like in a rhythm that's faster, then or like maybe the the amount of time between each motion he's making or that he's thinking about making. Um, you know, then he'll be playing the game better, I guess, than if he were going slower, because at least in a shooter, you need to make a lot of small but deliberate movements. So uh, I think it makes sense that a faster track with a strong beat could help in a situation like that. Well, it's it's funny because some years ago, I have a friend who was making a bullet hell game. And when he was making the patterns for the boss characters, uh, he would listen to some, you know, really fast, really uh, licensed track. And he would, he would while programming the game... Um, you know, play along with it, and that was just a good um, a good method that he found to uh, make the patterns interesting. Um, and it's interesting. So this, this was before uh, it was popular to kind of mix rhythm elements blatantly with games. So, like the music that actually ended up going into the Bullet Hell game, uh, you, you know, didn't match it. But I think it would have been better if it did. Yeah, there's um. You you made a shooter game. Did, did you guys think about that at all? Yeah. With Red, oh well, Red this Star? is this is really interesting, right? Because I, I kind of want to. Um, no, we didn't at all. None whatsoever. Yeah, it's kind of funny for a lot of commercial development. I mean, obviously, the person who's writing the music knows about the game that's being developed, and they play the game, and they like you know. Obviously, they write the music to be in accordance with whatever's happening on screen, right? But particularly in commercial development i i was always actually surprised at how little interaction there was between um the people doing the audio and basically like people that are planning out the rest of the game and uh, you know maybe interactions um not strong enough of a word but um you know there's there's kind of like a tendency to basically just kind of sequester whoever's working on the audio to whatever they're working with and I think that, you know, there's a lot of complex reasons for that. But I think the best places and the best chances, ironically, to get this kind of, um, you know, like, syncing the music with what's happening 
is actually in, in independent games where there's very few people who are actually working on the project and they get to actually, um, you know, understand the music and the actual rest of the game as a whole instead of, okay, now we made the game. Okay, now someone goes add music to it. All right, hold that thought. We might return to this topic and then move on to others. But we got to go to break. We will be right Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox, video game radio, now TJ Free. And the website is chatterboxgameshow.com. You know, another great website to go to is uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. And we've brought them up so many times, and maybe you haven't visited. Go. Go to uat.edu. Why? Just because I said so. That's a good enough reason. Now, we were talking about uh, audio and games and rhythm and whether or not people develop. I know you've got a couple more things to say. But I had this on my mind as we were going to break. I really wanted to shove it in there. So here's what I wanted to say. Just, just shove it in just there. Just shove it in. Cram it in the boot. Do you, do you, do you, that was last year's commercial, Super Bowl commercial. No. Uh, didn't, don't see Super Bowl. It was in my head a lot. It's already a year ago. So uh, here's what I wanted to say. A lot, a lot of games don't take music seriously enough. And so, you know, there was a time when I got to see, God, who's the guy who does the music for the Nintendo games, Mario and stuff? Koji Kondo. Koji Kondo, that guy. Exactly. I was totally off. I would not have remembered that name. <laughs> uh, but Koji Kondo, I got to hear him talk about how he, de- he developed music and his whole process and um, the approval process and all that. And it was fascinating to me and made me realize that there's a lot more to it than there usually or than I would have expected, right? And uh, other people who made music, I think, agreed that they do it in different ways and they have different processes within their companies. And so it was amazing to me how important music can be to a game when I hadn't even realized it. And that's the beauty of what he does. He makes it awesome and meaningful when the, it's so smooth to the user that they don't even realize it. Um, and I think that for a game to actually take rhythm into account or to be meaningful in the level design or anything, it probably would have to be in the design from the outset, right? That's not the sort of thing you can just add on as polish later. I mean, I suppose you could, but I doubt it would ever happen, right? You'd, you'd be shocked how often that happens, though. No, I mean, not, not that you add music as polished to a game, but that you, you add it to a level that it actually matters for the gameplay as sort of a last-minute element, right? Because you can't do that. You can't, you can't affect gameplay as no, a last-minute. No, if, if, you, if you, you're right. If, if music is 
to be deeply woven into the experience, then it must be planned out. So what to you guys, I mean, there's the obvious examples like Res, but what's what's a good example of a game that doesn't actually focus around music, that uses music and sound effects to great effect to just improve improve the game? You know, you know what was an incredible example that nobody's done uh, before or since, uh, as far as I know? You guys, I'm sure, have played Knights, right? Yep. I mean, Knights okay, did this. I went, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Knights you're talking did about this. the A system, right? Or isn't that what it was called? Uh, a life or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's one of those. Japanese oh, Knights! Actors. I was thinking K. No, you're no. talking just N. Yes. Knights for just Sega. Knights. Yeah, Dude, the, I, I played the hell out of that game. Okay, yeah, so I the, did. The Knights be- into Dreams. Right. Yes. Right. The, so the beautiful thing that they did in that game was that every, you know, just like normal, there's. A, background music to every level right but every single you know you're, you're rescuing like these little creatures these nightopians or whatever mm-hmm. right and so each of them had like some sort of instrumentation associated with them so the number of them that you had rescued would correspond to the instrumentation of the background music that you'd hear so if you rescued more nightopians you'd hear more instruments and right, different and, instruments. and it would even change the instruments up if you. Uh, it, it's so funny because it was totally, uh, totally separate from the way that the game plays. It's just kind of going on in the background while you're rushing around doing your own thing. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. But it, mate but it with even any had like this weird mutation system where you can like ram into an enemy and it'll bounce off of a wall and hit one of those little Nitopian dudes, and then the next time you play that level, he'll be morphed into like a hybrid enemy Nitopian, and then it'll change the music. A different way. Oh wow! See, I, that was like even too subtle for me to remember. But anyway, like yeah, that was. I just thought it was some of just the coolest thing in the world. Now, and, to, and to answer your question, uh, my memory blows, and so I would not have even remembered nights, right? Unless I happen to play that game yesterday and take note of the incredible music, I would not. I, I have no idea. What I can tell you is, we played the demo of SSX yesterday, and it had some music I liked. But damn, did it have nothing to do with the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's, that's the typical EA thing of like, okay... They're just putting a soundtrack in. It's just a soundtrack, and you know, it's, it's a very, very common thing to do. And I guess a lot of people like it because they get to listen to or hear familiar songs or somehow like they feel like they're... I don't know. I don't know how far this goes, but somehow they're feeling like it's more legitimized because it's music made for its own sake instead of um, a video game, although I, I don't put stock into that myself. But it's it's lame. It's I've always considered it pretty lame to have the music just be a soundtrack. That's a, a selection, you know, like movie soundtracks are that are just selections of popular music because you can't. Well, I mean, it's impossible to get that coupling. You know, it's instead of authoring something, well, right? Right, just, and it's like you might as together. well turn the music off, keep the sound effects on, and then play your favorite favorite album. Well, yeah, and there's there's that there's that too, which. Interestingly, right? Like you know, you can you can do in a lot of games now. Yeah, it's actually built into the operating system. And, your, and, your and yeah, they, and they've spent a lot of time like providing that functionality for players. But I I really think that it's a detriment because it's like. Do you guys have any idea how much EA like pays to license these songs? Lots of money. I'm curious what the figure actually looks like. I actually have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised if they um, they worked it so that they got it for free, simply for the idea of promoting the uh whatever band or music was in there yeah it's they probably they probably do pay for it but i'm sure with some bands they could pull it off not even paying hmm. yeah i'd say that's a fair assessment which i can't blame them as a 
if I were in a band, I would be all about getting my music in a game, right, and not charging for it. That would be perfectly fine with me. Yeah, the the thing that I miss the most about the games that have this kind of like soundtrack that we're talking about is like even in Gran Turismo, right? Something that's really really important that you lose is actually associating a piece of music with a certain environment, right? I mean, before somebody had the idea to do this with these soundtracks, right? It was like, okay, you're in, you know, this level. This is the level in the cave, right? In the level in the cave, you hear this music. And so that's, that's part of the atmosphere, the environment you're in, right? And it's the same way for even racing games for tracks. You know, if there was, you know, well, they used to do it. Right, like in the old F Zero games and so on, where you'd have music for that track, you know, and be like, okay, this is the this is Firefield, this is a fiery, you know, hell track, and you've got music that matches that, right? And but but now you don't have that anymore. You just have some random music, and it's even worse because it's not only is there no specific track authored to a specific environment, so you, not only do you lose that, but it's also harder to I don't know. I, these kinds of associations, I think, like work on your your the way you process things and remember things in very very subtle but I think important ways, and it makes things less memorable. You know, if you're playing some track where it could like literal like a circuit, right? Like okay, like high speed ring in in Gran Turismo or whatever, and it's you know any one of a hundred songs could be playing it. It reduces. You lose something there. I think it's important. You know, it's it's less memorable because of that. So let me give you the example that Koji Kondo talked about. And I'm fairly certain I've discussed this on the program in the past, but it was probably a long time ago. Um, picture Super Mario World, meaning the one on Super Nintendo. I didn't mix words right. Super Mario World, you're playing, you can get Yoshi. So you're moving along in whatever tropical land with palm trees and stuff as Mario. And then you break uh, Yoshi out from a, an egg or something, right? And as soon as you get on him, the music has not changed. The basic music for that level is the same, but underlying it is suddenly uh, a bongo track that's associated just with Yoshi. Yeah, those bongos were badass. Yeah, and the thing is it fits perfectly with the music of the level as it was, right? So you jump off of him and the bongos immediately fade out. They're gone. Like they don't. It's not a harsh stop. But it's, I wonder if that's the main reason Yoshi's not allowed in castles because they couldn't get the bongos to work. <laughs> you know, I uh, I doubt it, but <laughs> but it's possible. I wouldn't put it past them. Um, so I, I urge anyone who has access to it but, or an emulator or something to give uh, it a shot. Modern uh, Mario and Zelda games uh, play a lot of emphasis on that too. Like I don't know if you've noticed in the last few Zelda games and also Mario Galaxy games. A lot of the actions that you take, like just when you smack an enemy, it'll play like a, a sound effect, of course, and then like a orchestra chord, and it'll uh, actually time it so it plays along with the music. Like it might actually delay the effect of the sound effect uh, in order for it to have a stronger impact with the background music. That's See, that's something I don't think that I would ever notice. As a, as a designer, you probably pick up on tiny elements, right? Yeah, well, I've... I've just uh, a, a big part of it too is just reading so many interviews. Do you know who Hip Tanaka is? Nope. He's basically the guy that did all the music for Nintendo before Koji Kondo did. Koji Kondo really kind of got a start with. Man, the, that guy must be pissed. Well, no, he he's actually the president of uh, what is it? Creature the, the Pokemon company. 
Okay, he must be very pleased. <laughs> um, but he, you know, you, you'd mostly know, like, you know, he did the music for Wrecking Crew and, like, Balloon Fight. Wow, yeah, those are way back. Yeah, yeah, and Ice Climbers. Um, and he's actually, I, I saw a video, if, if you do a uh, search on YouTube for Hip Tanaka, you'll find him playing live at some chip festival in Japan, where he's just, you know... Uh, he's got this crazy 8-bit visualizer and these crazy remixes of his own songs. That's pretty rad. Yeah. I definitely I, urge you to go play Super Mario World. You'll see what I mean. Yeah, there's there's one last thing I want to say about this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys you guys know uh, who Tommy Tallarico is, right? Yeah. All right, so he Tommy Tallarico. music, and I think he's done Spider-Man stuff too, right? Or does he just love Spider-Man? Is that why I'm thinking Spider-Man? Uh, don't know. Don't know what he's been up to lately. But I think he's personally in love with Spider-Man, but he definitely, he's known for doing, um, what's that? Well, yeah. The worm, he, Earthworm Jim yeah. music. And, 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 and several other things. Um, he, he used to say way back when that music was 50% of your title. 50%? Your game. 50% of the game experience. Depending on okay. the game, I would usually say that's not the case. Now, at First some point, some years later, I heard him say the same thing, except then he said it was like a third of the game. Hmm. So so either either some kind of uh, deflation in music happened or, you know, maybe he found that the 50, 50% number, you know, people would not really... Well, you always want to inflate for your ego, but you want to make it believable. So well, half is too much. Yeah. <laughs> but here, see, here's the thing, though, and, and I think that this is where it was coming from, is that when it's really done right, when you really have this nice, properly done unison between what's happening in the soundscape and what's actually happening on screen, it is 50%. I kind of I kind of feel like it could be sometimes even more than that. It could really I mean the emotional effect of what is happening orally can be so profound and it's something that we just haven't really I think explored enough and it's it's I don't know it's hard to explore properly so that's probably one of the reasons. It's why. more than 50% in DDR. Yeah. There you go. That's true. Right? Well, speaking of music, uh, I can hear it now. So, going to break. And once again, we will be right back. Hey, it's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. So after another break, we are back again, Chatterbox Game Show, and uh, we were talking about things that I can't remember after a break. That's how fast we went. No, we were talking about audio, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Right. And then you showed us this lollipop chainsaw. Video. Then I decided, yes, we're going to completely switch gears, and I showed you lollipop chainsaw. And I was like, um, what movie is this? Because this is... Basically edited just like a movie trailer. Mm-hmm. And yes. no, it's not a movie. It's this game looks friggin' awesome. I am very excited to play. I mean, does it like okay, okay, okay? Why? Why are you so excited? The, simply because of the premise that there's this total bimbo chick who one kicks ass, so that's kind of cool. 
Uh, but she's running around with her boyfriend's head on her. On so, like, are you more excited because it's a game, or would it mean as much to you if this were an actual movie trailer? Um, well, it would mean a lot if it's a movie. But I, I, uh, I connect with games more than movies mm. in general. Like, there's movie people, right? Like TJ, who's here earlier. He he's a movie guy, right? Loves the movies. Okay. Me, I'm a game guy. So the idea that I can control the chick, and I like the idea. Dude, there was a game years ago. Not many years ago, I think in the era of PlayStation 2, where you could like switch heads onto different bodies. Do you recall this game? I'm sure something like that. Barbie's Safari Adventure? No. It was another zombie game, I think. I think they actually. did that in the Barbie game. I think it was another zombie game, switch but heads. you could like put your head on something. And now I can't remember it. Probably. A listener will be very upset and write to us and tell us which, which game it is I can't remember the name <laughs> of. But um, you could take your boyfriend's head, who's like attached to your hip by, like I don't know, some sort of carabiner or something. And, like, put it on the bodies, presumably of zombies. The trailer doesn't show that much, right? But put it on different bodies, and then he's your friend for a second, right? But just the idea, it, it's just the trailer. Okay, so... It, the trailer's awesome. But are you I actually... No, no, I, I need to draw a distinction here, because I need to decide whether I'm disappointed in you or not. <laughs> are you... Are you... Do you find this appealing because um, of the prospects mm-hmm. of what kind of gameplay can come out from... Having a boyfriend that's a head attached to your hip by a carabiner, or is it really, truly just the premise of the the, the sassy chainsaw girl with the head for a boyfriend? Have you ever met somebody who likes B movies, Ara? <laughs> I have met those. Do you people. know how there's yes. this idea of the the cult who goes after you know? Yes, but the the, the B, B movies, movies. Yes, but the B movies are movies and not. Games. It's an attraction to this B game, right? I think that's. That's so, the analog so I'm going so to draw. So what's your attraction? Is it what you can do in the game, or is it from just this premise that it's really kitschy? Simply because it's so ridiculous. Because I would like, kind of like the game we were playing last night, Galgun, and I, was, I went home and told my wife about it, I would like her to see that. And yeah. I would like her to see Lollipop Chainsaw. Because I, I was impressed at not only the fact that the demo was like an hour and a half long, but that you actually like sat through about... <laughs> an hour's worth before you actually rec- said that you were kind of tired. Yeah, of if you'll recall, I was ready to give up on that, and I was really tired yesterday. Yeah, until we Ooh. got to Doki Doki mode. <laughs> then, as soon as we got to the mode where we get to ch- look at a chick's ass for like a good five minutes straight yeah. while she's sorting books in a library, yeah. I said, okay, all right, I'll give it another minute. All right, I can play this game a little bit longer. Um, and it's a disappointment to me that you didn't get to collect panties in the demo, as you say you can do in the full game. Well, they have they have to give you something to look forward to. I guess that's true. That's the long game. They could only introduce you to the short game yeah. in so, such a demo. But I think Lollipop Chainsaw is sort of on the same level. Although I would like to play that game with the move controller that we did not have when yeah. we played it. Um, <laughs> but if you're, I mean, if you're just, you've never, have you really, like, are there any games that you like just because of the theme that are just garbage games? Uh well, no matter how how interesting the plot line is, I'm going to say the game sucks after a while. But this game, based solely on the trailer, is attracting me. So See, you're calling that like a B game, but my my own definition for that's a little bit different. Like sometimes, well, so for for example, at home I have a box that's full of intentionally terrible games, and they're mostly um, movie ports. And they're mostly like at that really awkward time of game development, like um, around the time of like you know actors showing up and like the full motion video scenes. So like 1994 yeah. through 2000. Sega uh, CD, sure, full right, video. right. So like like Dragonheart for the Saturn, or 
or actually virtual highlight for the Saturn is a good one too. That I would highlight um, or highlight highlight. Okay, um, that's how it's pronounced, right? I think so. It's got D's in it, right? Um, like those those games are bad, but to me they're funny bad. Um, so uh, I. I keep them for when I have a friend over that's complaining about a good modern game. And I say, oh, hold on a second here. I think you forgot what a bad game is. So it serves Indeed. a good practical purpose for that. Um, but I also kind of bust out laughing for the same reasons that I do for a bad movie. So what you're telling me is you're also interested in Chainsaw, lolly, Lollipop Chainsaw. Yeah, but for different reasons. Now, I wouldn't call it a B game. I would, And, and I think we need... I, I, do you guys have a name for like... Um, like a game that's appealing for the same reason that a movie would be appealing to you because to me like i i internally differentiate them like i don't see them as the same kind of game i can really enjoy a mario game because of the mechanics because of the direction that they take it and the new experiences that they offer in each game um but like a game like lollipop chainsaw i'm not going to be interested in because of that but i might be interested in it because i know that it's going to make me laugh because it's ridiculous right. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have a name for it. No. Just but awesome. That's all. <laughs> so I'm excited. I don't know anything about it other than this trailer and that apparently it said 2012 on it. So that's... I'm already... Soon. I mean, call me whatever you want. Call me a hipster. But I'm already resenting the excessive production values in the trailer. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Then maybe I won't bring it over. <laughs> then maybe I'll be completely fine with that. Yeah. Hey, that's another... It might even be a digital distribution game. I don't know. And that would piss me off. You can't bring digitally. No, I think it's retail. Yeah, Is it? Okay. But yet yet another one of the things that um, we will be missing in in 15 years when um, we won't be able to buy any games at the store. Yeah. Well, you know, if you have your Xbox Live account, you could bring that to the guy's house. Yeah, because like that didn't have him download it. That didn't completely fuck up my shit last time I tried it. (laughs) I'm just going to totally go back to Super Nintendo. That thing's been getting a lot more use lately just because of frustrations with the current generations. Yeah, right? I mean, there's nothing there's there's nothing better than um, something physical that you take somewhere and it works every time. Oh, yeah. I have this thing called the Superboy, which is a totally portable Super Nintendo. And the best part is it has two controller ports in. So I bring it to work and, uh, I mean, a coworker will bust out with some Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat 2 or uh, Mario All-Stars, Mario 3 Battle Mode. Or Bubsy. No. <laughs> that's I wouldn't even call that a B game. Uh, <laughs> even though it starts Didn't with Bubsy a B. sell? Yeah, enough to make three of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Four if you Possibly the 3D one. one. I was going to say, yeah, there was 3Ds. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, the Sonic. This game's <laughs> making a lot of money. Hey, let's make something like it, but a different character. He's got attitude, too. He's even got an exclamation point on his shirt. Yeah. I mean, like, do we, yeah, do we really need to rattle off, like, the myriad of um, cute characters that came out like right after sonic and somehow they were all successful <laughs> except Ario the acrobat Ario the acrobat yeah that wasn't successful uh i don't know not enough for a sequel so i'm assuming now no. true but successful enough to have a um Aero the acrobat costume that's during true the trade isn't show. It? they did have someone dressed up as Arrow the I, acrobat okay all right. And then, uh, there was also Alfred Chicken. Remember that? There, there were lots. <laughs> there Bo- were lots. Boogerman. So what's next? Do you want me to talk about the PlayStation Vita, the dumbest app? A pick and flick adventure. 
<laughs> booger man sure i didn't even hear you say booger man i just heard you say a pick and flick adventure and i'm like that's booger man <laughs> that's booger man did you say booger man i actually did. did also okay. say the word okay good that's let's great. continue before i think of any other characters all right we only have a few minutes left in this segment so i'll try to keep this one short um like punky skunk you don't have a smartphone ara no i have a dumb phone tim what, what, i am a luddite what phone do you Remarkably. use um guessing android uh why would you guess that? Just taking a stab, <laughs> stab in the uh, dark. Okay, so I use an Android, but I have an iPhone. Uh, that's That was my first smartphone, and I keep it for development purposes. Okay. So you understand, I assume, what Foursquare is? Um, a little bit. Okay. And all right, you at least know what it is. So you walk into a restaurant yeah. or somewhere, and you're all like... The, that's the, that's the square piece the from Tetris, right? Where it's yeah. made up of four squares? Exactly. So you go somewhere... Possibly your home, but most likely somewhere public yeah. that it's, other people It's would to go. tell people who want to invade your home that you're not there. <laughs> yeah. And that like, it's okay to, to rob this home because it's currently unoccupied. Exactly. And, and also to tell them exactly how far away you are from your home so that they know how much time left. Well, you, <laughs> a security conscious person, yeah. But that person would have to be your friend to know where you are and where you normally live. Well, they say right. that yeah. or just know how to stalk you in other places on the internet at the same time. Occur from Possibly. friends. Anyway, Foursquare, you go somewhere, you tell it, "Hey, I'm here," and that tells your friends, "Hey, he's there." And uh, then, if you go to a particular place more than anybody else, you you know become mayor, which usually has no consequence, but sometimes does, depending on on the restaurant or venue. So this apparently is coming to the Vita. And the the Vita's trying to do all the stuff that smartphones are doing. Like, I'm sure, it, you know, Facebook and, a, well, has a browser, yeah, to right? But Twitter and all that I stuff. Think. It just... Is that one of those things that you expensive. need the AT&T 3G you would to def- access? Well, I mean, you need a connection to the internet. So you could be on Wi-Fi and do mm-hmm. it. But uh, although the article on Joystick does specifically say, here's another reason to go for the 3G version, which I would never do. It sounds like a reason against, but... Yeah, so it's just funny to me that they're going... Like, I can understand... I can kind of understand Twitter, certainly because there could be integration in games, right? To tell your friends that you just did something in a game that they don't give a shit about. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, yeah, that's really useful. Right, and it'll have Facebook integration, I'm sure. I have no idea because I don't follow the Vita. People love getting much. those. Yeah. Um, but but they included Foursquare, and it's like, am I really going to bring this thing around with me when I go everywhere? Like, it's got to be aimed at kids who don't have a phone yet. But in this age, if they're big enough, bad enough to have a Vita, which is a pretty expensive thing for a kid to have, they're probably going to have a phone that will be able to use Foursquare. So yeah, but I think they're they're just. I think it's like one of those things that they just considered like it's you know the competition's doing it, so we have to do it too. Does it have any and, important apps like Google Maps? Um, it has Maps, but I don't think it's Google. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, I don't follow Vita, so it could very well have Google Maps, and I wouldn't know it, but. Anyway, it's just, it's silly to me, and someone had to put development into that, and I assume it was the Foursquare people, so I can't believe they wasted their time doing that, but... Ironically, I think that all of these kind of, like, connected features that they're putting in the Vita is, I think, confusing people about its primary function, and I think that that's probably one of the reasons why it's been getting the, you know, the negative reactions that it's been getting... From um, like you know, I think like Gizmodo or one of like the tech blogs like reviewed it right, and they're like, oh, they give it a terrible review, right? Because they're like, oh, well, you know, compared to you know 
our, our, our iPads and our, and our Androids and our iPhones, like this is a piece of crap and it doesn't do any of these things as well, right? I've not actually seen those comparisons yet, but, but I got to tell you, hold that, we'll go to break and you can tell me how much the Vita totally sucks. We'll be right back. If I'm left. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. Housed at UAT.edu. Housed virtually, I should say. I mean, there's a real building. That doesn't exist at a URL. But, uh, but Do you yeah, know you I graduated from there? You did? Yeah, I did actually. Me too. Oh, how about that? It's yeah. like a reunion. Yeah. Or something. I think every person related or doing games uh, in the Valley, I think, has worked there. And, and a significant me. number of people who didn't. Yes, with the exception of Ara, who just played with Unreal for a year. And those Collins College people. We're not allowed to talk about them, right? Um, I would avoid it simply because I've been to Collins. And I can tell you earnestly that i do not recommend it and i'm not just saying that because we promote uat on this show i just don't trust people named colin unless there are listeners those people are awesome yeah I'd, you know did we ever have my wife on the show to talk about recruiting for collins i think once we did like i just i knew that we've had her on but i don't know if she talked about that we talked about having her come on to talk about that maybe she did i could yeah. i just no, it actually happened too okay it it was a very negative experience for her Indeed. She was fantastic at it, and that was the problem. So and she felt evil. There's something I want to talk about. How much the, the Vita sucks? No, I actually I don't. Even I actually went. To, I cut the break saying that you were going to talk about how much the Vita sucks because yeah. I have not heard that. It, I haven't heard anything about it really. Yeah. I don't know a single person who owns it. But I'm totally changing my mind. Okay, so, moving on. Uh, something that's uh, much more interesting than the Vita or any of the games that you uh, won't be buying for it is. Um, did you guys know there's this uh, there's a video game tax bill that was proposed in uh, Oklahoma? Is is there an intention behind it? Like with cigarettes, we tax them because they cause health problems. Yes. So, so okay, so this is good, right? So this guy, right, his name's um, William Four Killer. So nice last name there. Um, like literally the number four. Killer, the but, number four. Well, well, that's how it's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't allow that in the United States. 
Perhaps I shouldn't have said literally. Okay. Because <laughs> that would be weird. Because um, clearly he doesn't play any video games, so he would not have a name like that. But I, I got to stop you. I saw, I, I read Reddit from time to time, and there was apparently some people uh, who named their, their last name is Dactyl, and they named their kid Tara. And that was awesome. Because a little news clipping of Tara Dactyl, like, you know, cheering for some sports team or something. Okay, and well. I was like, that's. My wife and I both were like, I definitely, if our name were Dactyl, definitely. All right. Anyway, uh, Mr. Four Killer, um, part of the uh, Oklahoma House of Representatives, he, he introduced this bill about a month ago, right? And the premise of this was um, you were, you're on the right track here, Alon. It's that, uh, yeah, you know, video games, they, um, you know, we all know that they affect uh, childhood obesity and bullying. Uh, and so, therefore, um, you know, why not uh, have a 1% sales tax extra on violent video games? And fortunately, it was struck down, right? So this this craziness Does did not Does it say if he's Republican or Democrat? Um, gosh, I mean, I, I don't – it doesn't say here, but um, – I, I mean, ask only because want, Republicans aren't allowed to, you want to, take to introduce bets? taxes. Yeah, so probably not – Republican, I'm guessing, but although Republicans love to also rip on video games, yeah, yeah so it's do. kind of a it's kind of a tough spot there. But here's the crazy thing, right? So since the thing has been struck down, um, he basically revised his proposal, uh, Mr. William Fourkiller here, uh, to drop the task tax, and instead, um, what he wants to do is create a dedicated task force. In order, in this task force, they'll be charged to uh, discover the link between violent games, obesity, and bullying. So, in this great recession, he instead of uh, adding money to the government's coffers, he's changed his mind to make it so that we spend money. Right. Yeah. Good. Good one there. On yeah. a brand new good biased one study. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But here, here's the crazy thing. Here's the thing that gets me. Okay. Like wh- what kind of like what kind of link are we gonna find right like this this makes just as much sense to me as if they decided yeah we're gonna create a task force to discover the link between uh, motorcycles pirates and Twinkies <laughs> I mean like it's just it's so far fetched it is violent games and obesity uh, uh, did he, uh, did he say violent violent games or or um, bullying Vi- and bullying. Right, because like bullying, you know, we just we never we never saw any of that until all these video games came along. And well, then, there like, was a game such called. A, and of course, the gamers are the ones doing the most bullying. <laughs> when yeah. did I mean? That's actually a good point, right? Indeed, right? Because like they're not they're not like sitting at home playing games all day long or anything. No, they're they're out like confronting people and beating them up. That's clearly well, what they're doing. I I hope that this committee that he's suggesting or whatever group it is um, also involves some sort of approval process and will also be not I I really wish it would because here's the other crazy thing, right? It's, I mean, if you're going to charge a task force to discover something that you, that may or may not exist, like let's, who wants to take some bets on whether they're going to actually find these links or not, right? Like, oh, we found the links. Oh yeah. Here you go. Money well spent. Yeah. If you look long enough. All right. Well, that uh, uh, that does sound uh, sufficiently stupid for love us to, politics. to rag on for a while. Now, now th- there's one, one thing that uh, is, is germane to this. Um, there's another guy uh, who said in response to this, maybe at least one person 
in this house has a brain. Um, in response, he asks, why just video games, right, to, to explore as a problem? Why not uh, French fries or rap music or movies? I can so, get behind that. Yeah, so thank you, Representative Pat Owenby. Um, I would indict French fries at least <laughs> as strongly as video games. French fries and violence, right? Well, violent French fries. Oh, and I see. Guys, clearly... <laughs> French fries lead to bullying. <laughs> passive French fries. I saw a picture. <laughs> I, th- I think it was dripping in blood. The passive fries aren't contributing to this problem at all. It's just the violent ones. Yeah. All right. So we only have a few minutes left. Um, do we want to spend some time talking to Tim about about what he produces and his process or anything like that? Or are we, is he just simply here to... There was... Um, man, you started seeing something. We were started talking about something really interesting before the show. And then I thought, yeah, that would be really interesting to talk about on the show. But <laughs> well, the best conversations it. always go on around the show. This this is true. We, we should really record everything else and just post that and uh, just throw away the actual podcast. Ain't, ain't trust that me, the truth. We've, we've been there. We've been there. Yeah. But um, there was something about... Um, I don't know. There was some kind of like personal experience that you were telling me about that was really interesting maybe you can conjure that up in the next five seconds uh no pressure or anything i make cool video games uh that's about all i can really remember at this point are your games available to any of our listeners well so i have a website at twinskygames.com and uh, i haven't updated it for like a year and a half because i've been learning unity that sounds a lot like our website, chatterboxgameshow.com. <laughs> twin, twin Sky, which is a, um, it's not a homophone. It's one of those phones. Oh, it's just... Um, because it's your name. The first letter of my first name and my last name. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not the whole name. Just the first letter. I have okay. that one up. All right, keep going. <laughs> um, but yes, I will be... Uh, I was collaborating with... Uh, my friends from Riverman Media for a while, but I decided uh, I needed to make more ridiculous games. Um, so I'm learning a new game engine and going to be releasing something this year. So uh, do you do you have a job outside of the game development? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, and the game development, like you're, you're hoping, will eventually become the the only thing that you oh, do, or you're not really. We'll see. Like, we gave up the idea that this show would ever make us money. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's an interesting balance because you can go a little bit crazy if you um, make that your whole life and your whole identity. Um, it's it's important to sit back and remember that. I, I, for me, anyway, um, it's the most important to remember that I'm making games for fun. And one of my pet peeves in the gaming industry is when I hear these stories of, um, uh, like the developers of Farmville, uh, Zynga. Yeah, 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 Zynga, those guys. Just sold my stock yesterday. (laughs) Half of it anyway, still got some. Um, just when they, uh, when you hear some details about how the company works and how it's more of a marketing company than a game company, like they intentionally design their games so that they can make as much money as possible, um and like they they make sure they're uh not quite making the game so fun that you're just having a good time playing it that they're just making it enjoy enjoyable enough for people to want to pay money in order for it to be more fun and when it when it turns into a business like that um i mean that's that's kind of a worst case scenario well actually the worst case scenario is uh slot machines but that's that's the second worst case scenario um 
I mean, you you see that a lot at big company games where the whole push behind the game, the whole idea of the game, the the theme, uh, even even the me- mechanics to a big degree. Like I met a, I met a friend uh, at a wedding reception actually who uh, works at Bungie, and you know I, I got to learn that pretty much everybody making the Halo games really wants to make more complicated games. They think the the Halo games are are too simple for them. They're like these hardcore grew up on PC games. Um, so they're being forced to make games that they're not terribly interested in, anymore. right? And being forced to is a little harsh because you know they're getting paid for it and everything. But that's just the awesome part about being an independent developer is that there are awesome tools now. You can you know you can sit down and work at it for like a year in your spare time, learn a game engine. Um, you can make a game with no compromises. Uh, there's many different ways to monetize a game now. It's, and, you know, you, you can make a living doing that. But bottom line, you can't get too caught up on that. And you just got to make what's fun. You know what's really interesting that you just reminded me of? Um, I feel like this is super important to say, right? Um, kind of going along of um, some of the corporate stuff that you were mentioning. A line that I've heard that's been bandied about. Um, I'm sure anybody who works in corporate development has heard of this. Uh, I think uh, far too often, and by far too often, I mean like more than uh, zero times, is uh, especially when you're getting around to when the development cycle is wrapping up, uh, you'll hear somebody say, uh, will this change or this addition or this modification sell any more copies? Mm. And invariably the answer is no. And then it's used as a reason to not do something. And I just think that that's one of the most intellectually dishonest things that you can do to discriminate between what you're doing and not doing in a game. It's an, to me, it's an unethical way to gauge the value of a game. Or well, well, the funny thing is, is that the answer is always no when you're at the end of the cycle. Right. And I also think it's perhaps some of the worst reasons to do or not to do something, whether you think that that you know, inclusion or exclusion or change will make the game sell more because. Well, here, here's the thing. I think oftentimes you would find that it, it would sell more like the, the polish or the extra thing you throw in there, but one thing by itself won't. It's really a question of whether or not you well, add that's, this bit over here and that's this bit right. over here and this bit over here. And overall it creates a better experience. That's Everyone right. says but this is really a quality game. The, the sad part is that it's generally used as a tactic to um, have basically for someone to, get their way rather than a real honest, you know, assertion about, okay, well, should we really do this or not? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's tough these days to find yourself in a company that really cares about what it should care about. Like in general, our goal is to make great games because when people make great games, people will enjoy the audience will enjoy them and we will then sell more. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's certainly, yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of that is, is glossed over. I mean, there's, Something about putting your spirit into what you're doing when you're not doing it for the goal of making money that uh, indirectly causes more people to be attracted to it and eventually you do make more money. But, All right, everybody. But you shouldn't do it because you're making more money. All right. That's that's the end of our, our show. We don't have much time left. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go, Tim? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. All right. What's that website? Is it? twinskygames.com that's a with an s on the end uh, plural because yes. you have made more than one game i have made several games and with some more of than them one are ghost. even on that website 
And you can play it like browser based? Do you play? No, no, they're like download EXEs. Okay. They don't cool. have any viruses, I promise. Well, then you should totally go to twinskygames.com and you should play those games and then you should tell us what you thought of them. And if you liked them enough, maybe we'll bring Tim on again. Have you ever done one of those like 48 hour coding? Do something oh, yeah. Fast? I've come in first place in several of those. Seriously? Yeah, I haven't posted any of the uh, results on my site. Just because they're, they're actually games that I like so much that I want to polish up someday. All right. Well, then you should post them. And I can't. Let people Other play people them. will steal my ideas. You put them on, on display for people to, to vote on. Clearly. Okay. Like I said, end of the show. <laughs> we are running long, but we are going. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to email us more stuff like you did already. Apparently, it has an impact. All you got to do, e- do is email, and like the show is different. So... Thank you very much. We'll be back next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.